Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. And welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, sidekick, Tom Dorian. Tom? Yes, sir. Are you doing okay? I'm doing fantastic. Do I not look okay? You look absolutely wonderful. By the way, you blew it. What did I blow? You know, I was listening to one of the shows that we recorded not too long ago, and Bess was doing the segment in the middle of our That's right. Great moments in church history. Yes. And she covered Bonanillo. Yeah? That would have been perfect for today. Well, you know what? We have another good one for today as well. So just there is no end to the number of fantastic, cool stories that the Catholic Church can tell. I believe that. So we're going to hear about another saint today. I know we are. But before we get there, yes, we want to get to the topic of the day. We want to see what's on the menu for today. Wonderful. Our Blue Plate special is, again, the Eucharist. We're going to focus on the Eucharist again, but in a very unique way. The Catholic Church teaches about Eucharistic adoration. Yes. And we want to have a discussion about that so that folks understand exactly what the Church believes and teaches about the Eucharist, and specifically what we do when we are adoring Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And we just happened to find one of those experts on that subject in the cafe today. Luckily, she wandered in. She was looking for some of those brand muffins that we specialize here in the Catholic Cafe. And so uh, we've invited her to the Luxurious Corner booth. Uh, It's Kim Severe. Kim, welcome to the Luxurious Corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. First of all, I do want to tell people that Kim is a, a lay person. We would consider her a, an average church-going, practicing Catholic uh, who loves her faith. And for that reason, she's eminently qualified to talk about Eucharistic <laughs> adoration, right? Definitely. I'm very average. Well, wonderful. Uh, so let's talk about that. Let's start off, for those who might wonder what Eucharistic adoration is, we'll start right at the beginning. Give us a little nutshell view of Eucharistic adoration. Yeah, Eucharistic adoration is just the fact that the, the Blessed Sacrament, uh, Christ in the Eucharist, is exposed usually in a monstrance, usually in a chapel or on the altar in church. Um, some churches have 24-hour adoration, so Jesus is available 24-7, and uh, we have people who are committed to uh, spending time in front of Jesus. Jesus can never be unguarded, so we have um, people there round the clock, 24 hours, and that is really exciting because then you can go and see Jesus anytime, day or night. 24-7, as it were. 24-7. Well, wonderful. Now, I do know that there are detractors. There are people that may have a mistaken idea about Eucharistic adoration. And one of their thoughts is that, you know, I've heard the expression cookie worship before. You know, when they're, when they're trying cookie to say worship. something. Yeah, well, when they're trying to I say something. Well, if you don't understand what the church teaches about the Eucharist, It looks like someone is bowing down to a thin wafer in a gold throne type Mm -hmm. thing of the monstrance, as you described it. How do we deal with that kind of that thought? Absolutely. Our Catholic Christianity, um, the center of our faith really is the Eucharist. The fact that in the sacrifice of the mass, bread and wine is transformed into the body and blood of Christ. And we believe that that is truly Christ present. And since that's the center point of our Catholic Christianity, then it just stands to reason that we would want to spend time with our our Lord Jesus Christ 
in the true presence and it's it's like stepping into heaven because you're you're actually sitting with christ in person body blood soul and divinity and it's 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 just exciting if you really embrace that as a as a true fact of our faith then it's kind of a no-brainer that you'd want to be in person with christ Absolutely. And if you believe in transubstantiation, which is the big fancy word, which is basically that the bread and wine become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, if you believe that, if you believe in the real presence, obviously, if Christ is really present... Why would you not want to spend time with Absolutely. He's there in the room with you. Right. Right. You know, a lot of people will look at it this way and they'll think, well, if I had Jesus standing right in front of me, and I could talk to him, I could cry on his shoulder, I could ask for his help, I could tell him about this great person I just met or this exciting time, I could listen to him, I could get guidance. If I had that opportunity, man, I would jump at that. Mm -hmm. And we do. And it's so amazing because when you commit to an hour of adoration and you're going there maybe once a week for an hour it's the transformation is really remarkable it's amazing you don't realize and somebody said to me well what am i going to do what what what, is there something special do i need to sit and say a certain prayer is there a particular type of ceremony no you can go in there and you can sit there and look at jesus and he looks back at you or you can say the rosary or you can do some meditative reading or you can just do nothing but you be contemplative the thing that's so amazing, though, is that as you spend time, I think for me, the more time I spend, the more I am transformed. It is incredible. And it's hard to really understand that unless you go through that and you actually spend the time. If you, It's a relationship. If you, if you invest the time, it grows. And, and it's, there's no question that, that you're going to feel some change. And another friend of mine said, I mean, that's my psychiatrist. I go in there and I just say, Jesus, I'm here. Blah, 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 blah. This is all about, you know, you go in there and pour your heart out. To, and you always feel better when you come out. And Jesus charges a lot less than a Absolutely. psychiatrist. <laughs> Save you some money if you just go and hang out with the Blessed Sacrament, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, and there's this, this concept, this idea of you were just saying that sometimes you can go and just sit. Just being quiet and being there with Jesus and just being with his presence mm-hmm. is, is so consoling. Mm-hmm. You know, St. John Vianney, I think, who said he, he used to spend hours in front of the Blessed Sacrament mm-hmm. Adoration, mm-hmm. and he would just sit there. And someone asked him, what do you do for those hours? And he said, I look at him, and he looks at me. Exactly. When he was a profoundly wise man, and I think there's a lot of wisdom in just being around that holiness. Absolutely. It's going to make you holier. His grace pours into your heart, and it, it it's definitely transformative. You you may go in there with problems, and you may come out with the same problems, but you are are changed, and you look at everything differently. It, there's just it's no question about it. And it's just like I said, though, it's so hard to understand it or to explain it. You, you really don't fully appreciate it until you go and start partaking in adoration on a regular basis and you see what a, what a difference it makes in your life. Totally. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the neat things, one of the experiences that I had in front of the Blessed Sacrament one time was just, I don't know what state of mind I was in, what I was looking for at the time, but I suddenly realized in sort of an epiphany that the Jesus that I was adoring at that moment is the same Jesus, the same Christ who was born of the Virgin Mary, the same one who turned water into wine, who ate with the sinners, who multiplied the loaves and the fishes, and the same Jesus who was crucified for our sins. And you think about all of those quintessential salvational acts that Jesus performed, and there he is 
right in front of us mm-hmm. in the same room. And that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. You know, we get excited when we get to be in the same room with Britney Spears or some other, uh, you know, fake celebrity. I'm Britney sorry, Britney. Spears. I'm sorry. Well, but my point is need a, people need get excited about there, I know, but they get excited <laughs> about something like that. And yet here we are with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords present right before us. In person yeah. and humbly waiting for us. Humbly. He is, he is there all the time. In his humility, waiting for us. He's waiting for us to come and just spend time with him. And like I said, if you believe in the principal tenet of our Catholic Christianity, that that is really the true presence of Christ, how can we stay away? How can we? And it's been exciting. And at St. Louis, the response to, you know, to the adoration program was just beyond all of our wildest imaginations. St. Louis is your local parish. Our local parish. And you got involved, uh, Kim, in the process of coordinating all of the adorers. Right. Big job. Oh, but I have so many great helpers, and I have so many devoted adorers that it is not a job. It's a joy. It's a total joy. But it's just amazing how, um, how hungry everybody is for that time with Jesus because the response was so overwhelming. Beautiful just beautiful and i know i really i mean i understand that there are a lot of vocations in our diocese and i just can't help but think that all of the time that we spend in front of christ in the blessed sacrament it's it's just you know i I think we're getting fabulous results one of the biggest um things that we pray for is is vocations and i think we're seeing the the fruition of that well there are many many personal benefits to going to Eucharistic Adoration. Uh, when you're there before him, you know, if you're going and you're you're happy, everything's going well for you, everything's in place, all your ducks are in a row. I mean, you experience that joy with him, that, that feeling of completeness, that feeling of fulfillment, uh, happiness. But then at the same time, you can also go when times are not going well mm-hmm. for you. And then you get consolation, you get healing, mm-hmm. uh, and those are those are important things to remember that we go to Jesus in our good times and our bad times. Well, I never really appreciated the significance of you know peace be with you, my peace I give you, and how much they say that during Mass. There's nothing more cherished or or valuable than to have a peace in your heart, and no matter what's going on in your life. Spending time with Christ gives you a tremendous, gorgeous peace in your heart. And what's better? How can, I mean, that's happiness right there. Wonderful. We're going to get back with more of this happiness in just one moment. But before we do that, I want to remind our listeners that we have a wonderful website they can visit, www.thecatholiccafe.com. And on that website, you're going to find a wonderful array of websites, links that you can visit, other Catholic sites that will give you more insight into what the Catholic Church believes and teaches. But also you can hear this show and all the other shows we've ever recorded are there. You can listen there or you can download them. Um, And also I'd like to hear from you myself. I'd love you to email me at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so with that, we will be right back. I'm Bess Drzemski. And this is another great moment in church history. St. Peter Julian Amard was born in a small town in France in 1811. And from his childhood days, he felt a calling to serve God as a priest in the Catholic Church. But St. Amard's road to the priesthood was not to be an easy one. 
Anti-clericalism was rampant in French society in the early 1800s, and on top of that, the Amard family was poor. His father, reluctant to give his blessing to his only son's desired vocation, finally allowed him to enter the seminary to study for the priesthood. Unfortunately, St. Amar had to leave the seminary due to serious health issues, but he never gave up on God's call. He finally finished seminary after overcoming many obstacles and was ordained a priest in 1834. St. Amard, despite his ill health, was a surprisingly energetic and enthusiastic priest. He had a strong devotion to Mary, the Mother of God, and enjoyed traveling throughout France to various Marian shrines. He joined the Marist Fathers in 1839 and started immediately preaching, writing, offering spiritual direction, educating, and organizing. He eventually became provincial of his Marist order. St. Amard never waned in his love of Mary and in his belief in Christ's real presence in the Most Blessed Sacrament, which was encountering a resurgence of devotion in France at the time. He took this opportunity to found a new order, the Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament, still active today. This order was known for its devotion to Eucharistic adoration and for preaching about the gift of Jesus' presence among us in the Eucharist. The Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament encountered many difficulties along the way. The fathers and the brothers of the order took a vow of poverty, chastity, and obedience to the bishop, and times were tough. Nevertheless, their persistent faith in Christ protected them and provided all that they needed to survive and to do their work. St. Amard and his order were very effective in fostering love and reverence for the Blessed Sacrament. They prepared young adults for First Holy Communion, preached at Eucharistic devotional liturgies, and were very effective in reaching out to fallen away Christians and bringing them back to the church. St. Amard went on to found a second order, an order of women religious called the Servants of the Blessed Sacrament. While this order performs numerous acts of charity and outreach, the Sister Servants of the Blessed Sacrament find their devotion centered on adoring Christ in the Eucharist. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back at the Catholic Cafe. This is Deacon Jeff Drzymski sitting here with Tom Dorian. And we have Kim Severe. Yes. Kim, we're still talking about Eucharistic adoration. A great topic. So I do want to ask you a question, a little bit personal in nature. Why is Eucharistic adoration so specifically important to you? I had read a book years ago, probably 15, 16 years ago, that talked about the importance of adoration and how much Christ wanted us with him. And that just started tugging on my mind and heart, I guess, and, and started doing perpetual adoration an hour uh, a week. And then at one point... Did you did you go right away with the hour a week? Did you did you commit to an hour? I did. Or did yeah. you... Because I know some people are not sure they want to commit. I knew if I didn't, I wouldn't go. Was that in the book? Was that part of the book, it suggesting did, it, that? Actually, it, in the book, it talked about Jesus wanting to see us every day. And when but I, you and went headlong into it. You decided, I'm going to go ahead and I did. put I an saw, hour in. Well, it, and it was just probably the Holy Spirit because... You know, at the same time that I had was reading this book, there was a little advertisement in our church bulletin about another church that had perpetual adoration and needed somebody 
and it, I, I just, you know, God was nagging me. I just like, oh no, okay, okay. Isn't okay. it funny how those I, things all do. happen together? I, I just, I, oh, I think I, I think I have to do this because He won't leave me alone. So I started doing a, an hour at this other church that, not my parish, but a church that needed help because they had 24-hour adoration. So obviously, you got a lot out of it. Very much. And very you've much. been doing it for several years. Oh, about 18 years, I guess. All right, wonderful. So, you, so you, this is truly a devotion for you. It is a devotion, and it's, like I said before, I am so fed by it. I like myself a lot better when I go to adoration. Ask my husband, too. I'm, I'm just a better person. When I spend time with Christ, he straightens me out. He feeds me. He makes me understand what's important in, in life. How did you get from just going and being fed to realizing that maybe... God was going to use you to sort of help direct and build and maybe even bring a, a bigger program to your particular parish. <laughs> I, I was saying, what, what? you don't mean this, do you, Lord? You know, At one point I was having a bit of a spiritual crisis, and I thought, I need to be in front of Jesus every day. And I would uh, pray in front of a tabernacle, and I just started feeling like I really needed to talk to our pastor about instituting perpetual adoration. So I just started talking it up and talking to parishioners, and we started having people just commit even to doing an hour of adoration in front of the tabernacle in the regular church. Which is a wonderful way to show that the parish is willing to support that devotion. Exactly. It's a huge commitment for a pastor to institute perpetual adoration. It's a huge responsibility. We've got Christ exposed all the time. So, um, And part of the rules of the church are that... Uh, Christ would never be unattended. Exactly. For protection and reverence due to the Blessed Sacrament, we would never leave him unattended. Has to be guarded all the time. Absolutely. So, after a few years of talking about it and showing that the parishioners were were interested and very willing to support that, um, our wonderful pastor decided to uh, institute perpetual adoration. And after several years of very successful participation uh we built a chapel and we have a gorgeous chapel and we have a tremendous number of parishioners who are um supportive of it and committed and it was all because the squeaky wheel gets the grease (laughs) i guess so (laughs) and it's you know the holy spirit i wouldn't leave me alone and i just kept arguing i don't you can't mean me i am a nobody you can't be serious. Why are you picking on me? Why do I have to go to adoration? Every- what is the, you know, I've really had a fight in my mind for years. So I was guilty of not responding right away. I definitely did not want to fool with it. I was like, this, I can't do this. This is way beyond me. Well, I don't want you to think that your job is done and then you can now rest <laughs> and find peace. But I will say that what you've done thus far for your part in it, it's, it's beautiful. You've got a beautiful chapel over there because one thing leads to another. You get people enthused and fired up about the Blessed Sacrament. Yeah, yeah. They come and they start adoring Jesus yeah. uh, in Eucharistic adoration. And then next thing you know, you get some donors in place and you get a beautiful oh, chapel. It, and, that, and that chapel, which is in the church right across the street from the cafe, we have had many of our guests go and visit <laughs> yeah. in, the, in front of the Blessed Sacrament yeah. for true. a little inspiration it, right before our show. That is true. And I, and I can only think that the Holy Spirit just knew that the parish was so amazing and, and so anxious to have this that that's why he was picking on me because it's a fabulous parish with lots of support. And um, it's just worked out beautifully. Uh, it's, I would never have believed it that it could have become what it is and had and that we would have such a gorgeous house for our Lord to reside in all, all day and all night. It's, it's, it's very exciting. If we as humans thought that all we could accomplish was 
what we would believe. We would get nothing <laughs> Boy, done. But exactly. luckily, luckily, God's uh, had a huge part to play in all mm-hmm. of this as well. And so it's been very successful. And I guess a, a great lesson, great moral to this story is that if you're listening, one of our listeners out there, and your parish doesn't have perpetual adoration or even Eucharistic adoration on a regular basis, whether it's First Fridays or uh, specifically like on uh, Fridays or Wednesdays and Fridays or however they do it for a certain number of hours, mm-hmm. if you don't have that, you can have that. Absolutely. Yeah, if you're not, if you're listening, the Holy Spirit's speaking with you, and so is Kim Severe. <laughs> right. So get off, get off your rear. Exactly. So, how does a person find out more about that? I mean, what are the things that they do, you'd want to do if you're listening and thinking, well, you know, I think God has been calling me to 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 come and sit before the Blessed Sacrament. Oh, you can always contact your parish office or your your diocesan office and find out uh, what adoration is available in your diocese, whether it's perpetual or like you said maybe every every friday every first friday sometimes they have them every friday they'll have that information for you and it's so worth it try it try it you won't believe the benefits that you'll receive you can go in and say the rosary you can go in and meditate you can say you can do you know just look at prayer books meditative readings anything it's amazing how quickly the time goes by and how um Christ will lead you. The Spirit will lead you to, to into whatever. I did want to talk a little bit about that in terms of like what you do when you're in there to sort of demystify what happens mm-hmm. in this little uh, quiet. It is so room. personal. It's such a personal journey. But at the same time, it's so universal. See, that's what's so beautiful mm-hmm. about the Catholic faith mm-hmm. is that it's a universal. Catholic means universal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, while you're adoring Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, at the same time. All over the world, the same thing is happening. Mm-hmm. And you are, in a very personal way, uniting with the entire body of Christ mm-hmm. at that moment. Exactly. It's very special. It is. And I love to go in and, and just sit there and and praise God, thank God, adore God, and then just be quiet. And I think it's, it's really wonderful when you can try to be just clear in your mind and, and listening. Because I... Th- I think Tom said that you know, not only you speak to him, but boy, he can speak to you. Be mm-hmm. you know, be be just quiet and let and let Christ tell you things in your heart. He does. Most chapels will have like a series of books or mm-hmm. prayers, mm-hmm. or you can take scripture in and just mm-hmm. read scripture, or you can yeah. be silent. Yep. I mean, there you know, there's a wide gamut of things that Absolutely. you can do it, yeah. that are perfectly suitable a for that. Priest friend of mine one time he said, if you go outside and the sun is shining and you're washing your car or you're working in the garden or you're just sunbathing whatever you're doing the the sun's rays are 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 just nourishing you and you're tanning that's the same thing if you go into the to the adoration chapel you are in his his light and whatever you do you're soaking up his grace unless you're wearing sunblock of course then you don't want want that to happen here's a silly question who can go and and also actually twofold do you have to be catholic you do not have to be catholic um Anybody can go in and spend time in prayer in front of Christ. I'm sure there have been many conversions that way. Absolutely. I've heard of several conversions. I've heard of uh, several people who've been uh, had conversions in their own personal life in terms of personal demons or, or, mm-hmm. or addictions or things like that of that nature where, where Christ in his mercy has healed them mm-hmm. or allowed them to, to, to be re- relieved of the anguish and the pain that came Absolutely. from some of those demons. And so that's definitely a, a plus. And in terms of like being Catholic, I think really the only, I wouldn't say pre- prerequisite, but really you would have to believe in the, 
the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. I mean, you you could go and sit and, and pray, and you could have doubts, and you might find that an opportunity to sit and ask God to help mm-hmm. you to believe, to bolster your faith mm-hmm. in the Eucharist. But at the same time, really, as a non-Catholic who might want to just go and see what this is all about, there's nothing wrong with coming in. Mm-hmm. We just ask that you be reverent. And Absolutely. remember that others in the room are in, the, in, in, a, in a moment of prayer, mm-hmm. uh, intensely focused on uh, the Eucharistic Jesus, and, and just be respectful mm-hmm. of that when you come in and see what it is. It's not a, it's not a mystery in the sense that you can't know Absolutely, and if you're drawn to it, there's a reason you're drawn. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. If you if you're drawn to to come in and spend some time, there's probably a really good reason for that. Follow it. But in terms of who can do this, uh, we want to make perfectly clear that it's not just only lay people or only people who have professed um, you know vows to a uh, an order. You know, it's not just nuns or brothers, and it's not priests or deacons or anybody else. In fact, it's everybody. Jesus wanted to sit with the sinners and the tax collectors. And, and they're we, everywhere, that's aren't right, they? That's right, and we're there. <laughs> so anybody who realizes that Christ, that Jesus is bigger and better than they are, right? And that's everybody. Exactly. That's everybody. And he extends his hand mm-hmm. to all of us and welcomes all of us. Uh, into his presence. So anybody who feels that way, anyone who wants to worship God is welcome to adoration. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Pope has his own chapel mm-hmm. and the Pope goes to adoration every day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we all need this relationship with yep. Christ in this way. Absolutely. Yep. That's wonderful. It's a no brainer. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, that's been the thing that I think that I've taken away from this little talk the most is the fact that you're saying, look, if you really believe in the true presence, you really believe that Christ is really there, it's a no-brainer. What are you waiting for? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Kim, thank you so much for this wonderful talk about Eucharistic adoration. We hope that it's helped uh, others understand what Eucharistic adoration is and what the church teaches. Uh, if you do have any more questions about Eucharistic adoration, you can email me at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. So, Kim, thank you so much for joining us here in the luxurious corner booth. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me. Wonderful. Now, before we uh, before we close, Tom, I think you should rate the show. You think I should rate the show? I think you should rate the show. I'm going to give it a 13.75. Out of how many? 13.75. So That's right. You know what? I didn't give it that right. I'm sorry. On a scale of 0 to 13.75, I'm going to give it a 13.75. Wow. 13.75. That's big stuff right there. So she's our first guest she's with 13.75. She's perfect. We're she's batting 1,000. We are, aren't we? Think of the odds. <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm glad we rate ourselves. Well, thank you so much, Kim. Thanks, Thanks again. Let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you are the one true and eternal God, always to be worshipped, always to be adored. Help us to approach you with a spirit of humility and to bring to you freely our offerings, prayers, and supplications. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.